welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. So last week, Pastor Chris and Pastor Rob uh, commenced the series um, on our Simply Supernatural. And uh, they spoke on Every Believer Has Faith. So I just want to do a quick recap. I just want to declare right now that God is the one that has put the super on our natural. You have already the DNA of mountain moving faith on the inside of you. You already have the faith that moves mountains on the inside of you because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world, right? God has not blessed one person with more faith than someone else. But... Just remember that for now because you'll understand why. In Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. We know that faith comes from God. We know it is a gift of God and He has given the gift to every believer. I'm talking to believers here this morning. He's not talking to unbelievers. Romans 12.3 is again to every believer because He says that God has given everyone dealt a measure of faith. We're not trying to get faith. We don't pray for faith. We already have received a measure of faith. You have faith on the inside of you. That's your DNA. That's your sixth sense. The truth is your faith has has the ability to grow according to how you use it. But sadly, this is where lots of people miss it because they've not grown or they've not used their faith. They're like the guy who hid his talent in Matthew 25, 25, where they hid where He hid His talent. But it's up to you. It's up to you to do what God is, uh, what you need to do to grow your faith because you have been given a measure of faith. And this is what you would have heard last week. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, We must always thank God for you, brothers and sisters. This is the only right because your faith is growing more and more. And the love that every one of you has for each other is increasing. Interesting, isn't it? How Paul talks about that our faith is growing more and more. And then it starts talking about our love for one another is increasing. See, Jesus made several statements about different levels of faith. In Luke 12, 28, He said, don't have so little faith. In Matthew 14, 28, Jesus said to Peter, your faith is small. Why did you doubt when he went to walk on the water? And then he started to look at the winds and the waves, the unseen forces and the seen forces. He started to doubt and shrink instead of looking unto Jesus, who's the author and the developer of his faith. In Matthew 8, Jesus marvelled at the faith of the centurion soldier. And he said, I have not seen such faith such great faith in all of Israel. We know that the centurion uh, went to Jesus and said, please come and heal my, my, my servant because he's paralysed, he's very ill. And, and then he said, but you know what? I know I'm a man under authority and in authority. I know you can just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. In Romans 4, we are here now we speak and we see about Abraham and we know Abraham is known as the father of faith 
because his faith did not weaken even at a hundred years old. Just like Duncan Mackay, your faith has not weakened even at 80 plus years old, because we know you just had a birthday. I was told not to tell your age. In Romans chapter four, it speaks of Abraham having stronger faith. It says that he never doubted that God would keep His promise and that and he never stopped believing. He grew stronger in his faith and gave praise to God. In Acts chapter 5, Stephen was says he was full of faith. In James chapter 2 verse 5 mentions rich faith. James chapter 2 verse 22 speaks of a perfect faith. 1 Timothy 1.5 speaks of faith that is genuine and sincere. 1 Timothy 1.19 speaks of shipwrecked faith and holding, I had to be careful how I said that one too, shipwrecked faith and of holding on to the faith and to be a, have a good conscience. 1 John 5.4 speaks of over coming faith. So we can see there are the different levels of faith and there's different kinds of faith because it's the faith that you use that will that the anointing will travel towards. Today I want to talk about ever increasing faith. And I want to talk about us carrying a spirit of faith in our everyday life because it's not just about having faith in your head. It's about having faith in your heart. It's about carrying a spirit of faith in your everyday life. There's lots of sincere, faithful people, but they're sincerely wrong because they don't talk with a spirit of faith. They talk with a defeated faith. And so this morning, I wanna give you some practical everyday, uh, just applications on how you can grow your faith and how you can apply your faith. But firstly, I want us to understand what faith is. I'm gonna read from Hebrews chapter 11, verse one to three. But before I do, I'd like to pray. Father, I just wanna thank You right now. I thank You, Father. God, I, I count it an honour and a privilege to share Your Word this morning. But Lord, I just don't want it to be information. I want it to be transformation. I want, Father, this message to have faith all over it, to ride on faith. I want to impart more, more than anything else, but I know it's by Your anointing today. And I know Your Spirit is here. So I ask this morning, Lord, that You would use me and use my lips like a pen as a ready writer. I thank You, Lord, God, for the for the Word to come up and on me and minister with faith and boldness. I ask God, God, that You would open up the hearts of every single person before me, even those, Lord, that uh, are not open to hearing right now. God, I know right now that You have the power to unlock their spiritual ears. You have the power, God, to open up their hearts to receive the Word because I know, God, that they will go out full of faith. God, expecting only great things that You have placed within them. God, we open up our hearts right now and we thank You, Lord, for the spirit of faith to rest on us in Jesus' Name. We don't wanna go out these doors the same way we came in because we wanna be transformed from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 11, chapter one. And I'm gonna read from the passage translation first, or paraphrase, sorry. It says, now faith, 
Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. The testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. The New King James says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for with the evidence of things not yet seen. Now faith not yesterday's faith, not last week's faith, now faith. We need now faith in order to carry a spirit of faith in our everyday life. A lot of people are talking about yesterday. A lot of people are talking about what God did last year. But God is saying, no, use your now faith. Not, not yesterday, now faith in order to do what I have called you to do and believe that what's in the invisible will come into the visible. See, faith is original information. It's the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. He is the Spirit of truth. And Jesus said, those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. Hope, this hope we have is a trustworthy anchor for our souls. See, hope is the goal setter. Faith is the go-getter. We need hope and faith to work together because there's no limit to your faith today. You have the same faith that created the worlds. God spoke and therefore it, it, it was created. So we, if, as long as we believe and we speak, things are created. The measure of faith can be increased, but you are the one that needs to increase it, not God. He's already given you that measure of faith. Even if it's as small as a mustard seed, He's given you that faith muscle for you to use it. The question I wanna ask you this morning and not out loud, obviously, behind this physical body, see you are a spirit, you are a body and you are a soul, right? So the question I wanna ask you is behind this physical body, what does your spirit man look like? How are you feeding it? How are you exercising it? It's a good question, right? Because the Bible, God's Word, is actually the food that we need. See, there's two things that will grow our faith. is feeding on the Word of God and exercising the Word of God, putting it into application. In other words, not just be hearers, but be doers of the Word. So the Bible, this Bible is God's Word. It's a living Word. This is the living Word. It's not dead, it's the living Word. Because when it's on the inside of you, it's living and breathing. As you feed upon it, your faith will be strengthened. See, when you feed your faith on God's Word, you are feeding your faith because God's Word is faith food. In Romans chapter 10, verse 8, Paul called the message he preached the Word of faith because the Word will cause faith to come into your heart. Romans 10, 17 in the passage translation says, faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance at the anointed one. See, the New King James says, faith comes by hearing and hearing 
and hearing the Word of God. This morning you are hearing the Word of God. Faith is coming into your spirit if you allow your heart to be open to receive. Don't look at the messenger, read the Word because it's the Word that's living and powerful, amen? Faith has already been deposited in your heart. It is part of your spiritual DNA. God's Word will build assurance, confidence and faith in your heart. The Bible very often uses natural human terms or earthly parables as well to teach spiritual truths. When it comes to the Word, God uses things like the milk of the Word, the bread, the meat of the Word. Don't just be wanting milk all the time, but desire bread and, and meat. And in Matthew chapter 4, 4, it says here that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just like we need food for us to have sustenance. This is what he's saying. Just like we need food for sustenance, we need the Word of God for us to be living and powerful. We need the Word of God for us to actually grow. We can't live without the Word of God. The Word is Jesus. He's saying to us what bread or food is to the body, the Word of God is to the Spirit and the heart of man. The saying is, we often hear you are what you eat. Don't look to the left, don't look to the right. That's applicable both spiritually and physically. F.F. Bosworth said, most Christians feed their body three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. And they wonder why they are so weak in faith. See, if Sunday is the only time you've had some meat, if Sunday is the only time you've had some milk, if sometime, Sunday is the only time you've had a little bit of bread, then you're going to be spiritual anorexics. God's Word is faith food. And if you want your faith to grow, we must feed it more than once a week. Any serious bodybuilder, one of the first things they'll refer to is a diet. And I know because I'm living with one right now. Not that he's a bodybuilder, but you know, he wants to be the best he can be. And so, um, so you know, the thing is, I've got protein shakes. I've been told what I'm meant to cook now. Not, I, just decide, I can't just cook what I want to cook. I've been told that he's got, you know, that I want more protein, Carolyn, you know. Sorry um, for the vegans right now. But anyway, need protein, right? And so there's a reason for that. See, usually their diet is protein rich, which is meat, and drink their protein shakes. Most people who struggle with their faith, faith is because they're feeding their lives on the wrong things. Let me tell you, binge watching Netflix and Stan is not gonna feed your faith. It's gonna feed your flesh. If you feel like you're struggling in your faith, then change your diet. Start feeding more on God's Word. God's Word is there to strengthen your faith. That's a word for someone and I'm not looking in the front rows. I got the mic, so I'm gonna use it. Good, regular eating will keep you physically healthy. But unless you exercise your muscles, you become fat and flabby. You won't become strong. You might be, you know, sort of a healthy in the sense that you're eating right. But unless you're going to work your muscles, you're, not, you're going to get fat and flabby. And when you're 57, that's just, it's all downhill from there when if you're not using your muscles. You know, the reason why I work out is because
shake my arms and see this thing hanging off underneath my arms here. (laughs) There is something more we need to do to see our faith grow. We must exercise and use it. Exercising the muscle of faith. See, every muscle you have in your body, you had it from birth. You haven't got any more muscles now. Every muscle that you have in your body, in a particular part of your body, you had it from birth. The strength and the size of your muscles today are the result of how much you have used them or not used them. In 1 Timothy 6, 12, Paul's final words about faith, he said, fight the good fight for the true faith. True faith. See, lots of people have faith in faith. But you know, they do, they have faith in faith. This is what we call hyperfaith. But he's saying, have faith in God. True faith is having faith in God's Word. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. He says, fight. Wow, that word. Because we look at that word fight and it can mean so many things. Fight the good fight of faith. See, faith is made for conflict. It does not grow without conflict and it does not grow without pressure or without stretching. Just like a muscle, it's in the stretch that your faith will grow, but you need to use it. You need to use the faith that you have. When you step out in faith, the anointing will flow, but you need to step out in faith. Just like a bodybuilder's diet is essential to building muscle mass, you have to work those weights every day in order to build. Can I have those weights, please? Sorry, I thought they were up here already. (laughs) You know, I never feel like, (laughs) I never feel like going to the gym, you know, in the earlier years when I was superficial, um, when I say superficial, or just think before Christ, when I was just thinking about the physical body and wanting to make sure that I kind of wanted to look perfect on the outside, and you're never perfect, right? But I used to be a gym junkie. And then when I got saved and, you know, just did enough just to remain relatively he- healthy. But my husband in the last few years has become really strict because he, in 2015 he had a heart attack and he wanted to make sure that he come off all the drugs and wanted to really make sure that he ate right and he exercised in order to re- be the best him. Not for any other reason, not because he wanted to be a bodybuilder. Although I'm sure he likes a compliment every now and then. But anyway, I don't now, I, now it's the opposite. You know, I don't actually like going to the gym anymore unless I'm sort of sharing the Gospel and talking to people around there. And, um, but I have to say, once I get there, I'm glad I've got there. Anyone feel like that way? Once you finally get there and you've done the workout, you think you feel so good. But I know for a fact that I would not work as hard <laughs> if I didn't have a personal coach and trainer. And so for you and I, that's why we have, what we have is church, because we're coaching you, we're training you to live a life of faith. But you know what? In everything in life, when you work your muscle in the natural and in the spiritual, you start off with a small weight. You start off in giving small, because that's where your faith is. 
You're serving, maybe just, you know, hey, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, hey, Claude asked me if I would, many years ago, you would never see me at the front here speaking. But then I started off small. I started doing notices and my faith started to grow. And then I could start picking up a bigger dumbbell. And I could start exercising my faith in stepping out and praying for people. I could step out and start sharing the Gospel to others. I could step out and maybe instead of sharing the notices, I started to run a connect group. I started to now share around communion and share around the offering. And then because my husband has stretched me, both physically and spiritually, I now can start and lift heavy things. I can give now bigger because my faith has grown. My faith has increased. This is pretty heavy for me. That's what your spiritual faith muscle is like. Start where you are, but start to grow. Start to step out. Start where you are, but don't stay where you are. See, faith is a muscle that you have to use it if you want to grow and be strong. But we can also lose our faith. There was a time there when I had to look after um, and help out Bianca with little Roman being in hospital. And for a few months there, I stopped going to the gym. I had to rebuild my faith because I lost my physical muscle tone. And so even for all of us, I just sense God is saying, it's time to pick up your faith muscle in the Spirit. You may have lost a little bit of faith, but today is a brand new day. It's now faith for you today. See, it's not enough just to listen to your favourite podcast. Hearing alone is not enough to develop your faith. You must use your faith muscle. Not just be a hearer, but be a doer of God's Word. That is what the fight of faith is all about. You exercise your faith when you are standing in the midst of your storm, when your faith is being tested, when disappointment hits your heart, when the circumstances look hopeless, when temptation and every kind of trial that tells you you're not gonna make it, that you're going down with a ship, hold fast to your confession of faith. Tell your circumstances what the Word of God says about it, not what you're thinking in your spirit right now. Feed on God. God's Word and exercise your faith, use it. Because if you don't use it, you'll lose your muscle. Then your faith can grow and move mountains. So we looked at two things that build your faith. Feeding on the Word of God and exercises, applying it. But you know, how many of us know that, that it's good to know that, but there are also faith blockers. And this is where we can get a little bit... Um, unresponsive, things that can hinder our faith from growing. So the first thing I wanna share with you this morning is, it's important to know what blocks your faith so you can resist that and avoid that. The first thing is that to prepare the soil of your heart for faith. In other words, get a check, heart check first. How's your heart doing? See, faith is in your heart. And if your heart is not right, it will shipwreck your faith. 
The Bible says that in the last days, men's or people's hearts will fail them because God's looking at your heart. Proverbs 4, 23 says, Guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. Our beautiful Barbara Werner, Charmaine's mum, who, you know, who I dearly, dearly, like she was two people in, in my world that uh, whenever they spoke, I just wanted to have a notebook and write things down. And one of them is our, is our spiritual father, Dr. Tryon, Dr. Basil Tryon. And the other beautiful lady is Barbara Werner, who's graduated to heaven. She said this, The heart is where the spirit and the soul meets. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, even piercing into vision between soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. You know what's in your heart, for out of the abundance of the one's heart, the mouth speaks. See, your heart is what carries the seed of God's Word. And in Mark 4.4, we read the account of different soils of people's heart where some receive 30, some receive 60, some receive a hundredfold return. So who wants the hundredfold return, right? We all do. So don't allow your heart to be hardened. Don't allow the stones, the enemy to snatch the Word from your life. Lead your heart. Don't be one that rides on your emotions. Don't let your heart be controlled by worries, cares and wants for temporary things. Verse 20 says, But the seed planted in good earth, in a good heart, represents those who hear the Word, embrace it and produce a harvest beyond their wildest dreams. Who wants a harvest beyond their wildest dreams? we got to prepare the soil of our heart. To get a maximum harvest on God's Word, we've got to prepare your heart to receive a hundredfold return. So for all of us, is fanning the flame within our heart of humility, honour and hunger for God's Word. And remember that faith works by love. Works by love. And that it's the love of God that's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit together. A reminder that we shared before was Thessalonians 1 to 3, because your faith is growing more and more and the love that every one of you has for each other is increasing. Keep the soul of your heart right. Allow the spirit of faith to grow, but we must choose to forgive. Let go. Don't carry bitterness because it'll eat your heart. Because every step out of love is a step into sin. Number two, Posture of worship. What's your posture like? And I'm not talking about your natural posture. I'm talking about having worship as a lifestyle. Because I tell you what it's not. It's not a bunch of songs that we sing. Worship is a lifestyle. You know, when my son graduated to heaven, I did ask why. But then I shifted my why and I turned my why into worship. That's what you've got to do. You worship Him through every season of life. And when you worship Him, the presence of God, the peace of God comes invade your life. Heaven comes to earth. We've got to turn our way into worship. Worship is a lifestyle, but worship is not just about worshipping and praising God. Worship is worshipping, is acts of service as well. Worship is also about serving because faith without works is dead. Jesus came to serve, not be served. When we stand before God and make account for our life, what do we want Him to say to us? Well, I know what I want Him to say to me is, well done, good and faithful servant. (laughs) 
Not well done, good and faithful pastor. Well done, good and faithful servant. See, when you're faith-filled, you are faithful. Never underestimate the power of your engagement here in church. Never underestimate the power of just being faithful and serving. Never underestimate the power of just turning up to church every Sunday. We're going to shift Australia's culture. Just like having a personal trainer at the gym, faith grows in association. And when you're accountable to others, you watch your faith grow because we need each other to grow up. It's the little things that matter. He said, be faithful in the little things and I'll make you ruler over much. See, how you do anything is how you do everything. We need to be faithful in the small things, faithful with our time, faithful with our talent, faithful with what God has given us. See, we are not doing it for Jesus. We are doing it with Jesus. He is the head of the church. Some of us feel like we're doing God a favour when we just show up in church on time. We are not doing it for Jesus. We are doing church with Jesus. Come on, that's something to shout about. Let's be obedient and do what God tells us to do, even in the small things. Remain in a posture of worship where His presence is eminent in your life. We don't go out this place and His presence stays. We carry the geographical presence of God in our lives because worship is a lifestyle. Those who worship Him, worship Him in spirit and in truth. Number three, speak the promises of God, not the problem. Are you speaking and praying in faith? God pulled me up a few weeks ago and He said, Carolyn, you're grumbling. You're not praying in faith. I was telling God all my problems. I'm trying to tell Him how He should do it. (laughs) No, 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 no. We speak the promises of God because the Bible is not merely words about God. It's the voice of God in print. This is the voice of God in print. When you're reading God's Word, when you're speaking God's Word, God is speaking back to you. See, your faith is voice activated, but so is your flesh because your flesh is voice activated as well. And sometimes our flesh speaks louder than our faith. We need to start speaking God's Word over our situation. We have the power to build up or tear down. But when we declare the promises of God, when we declare them over our family, when we declare them over the situation, we're speaking life into situations that are lifeless. When you pray in faith, we know that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Not the prayer of, if it's your will, Lord. It is God's will that all should be healed in Jesus' Name. It's the prayer of faith. We prophesy into our world. When you're speaking into the atmosphere, prophesy into your world. You know, a few years ago, and it was just, a, it just came out of me. I didn't, I wasn't, ex- I don't know where it came from. I, I think I know where it came from. I was, I was, just, I was just indignant about the fact that we had a, a strip club or a skimpy bar in Rockingham. I prophesied on this pulpit that Zelda's would close down. Two weeks later, Zelda's closed down. When we first started being senior ministers, this place, Rockingham, was known as a preacher's graveyard. There was a tall poppy syndrome. Churches would rise up and then they would close. I want to tell you, we broke that back in Jesus' Name. We've got church popping up everywhere in Rockingham. 
Speak always with a spirit of faith over our situation. Declare the promises of God. Prophesy and pray in faith. Number five, position yourself as an overcomer. Learn to handle the storms. Storms of life are gonna come. Storms of life don't determine whether you're in the will of God or out of the will of God. They come because we live in this world, right? John 16 verse 33 says, In this life you will have many trials and and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Storms of life do not determine, but it does determine what's in you and how you will respond. We're not to live like a defeated or victim mentality. You may have lost a few battles, But I've read the book. We have already won the war. We have already won. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God. Do we have any born again Christians here this morning? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Our faith. Who is He who overcomes the world? But He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Is anyone feeling a little bit faith filled here this morning? Or is it just me? See, storms are designed to strengthen your faith and heighten your experience with Him. See, if fear is stopping you from stepping out and acting or exercising your faith, confront your fears head on. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. You have the power to overcome fear. It's in you already. Do I hear it? Fear is self-imposed prison that will keep you from becoming what God intends you to be and do. His perfect love will cast out all fear. So church, we've got to be bold. We've got to activate the faith that's within us and go and do what God has called us to do. Who's ready for the assignment? You have been given all power and all authority over that storm. You may have lost a battle or two. I'm not standing here saying that I don't have some scars, I don't have some, you know, some bruises, but you know what? I'm still standing. And I'm reminded that even bruised lives can crush the devil's head. Amen. Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith on earth? He didn't say, will I find love, tolerance, peace? He said, faith. See, the greatest warfare for us is the attack on our faith. That's why the Bible is under attack because the devil knows where faith is, the power of God travels. Where faith is, God can move. Where faith is, the power of God moves. Where faith is, there is love. Where faith is, there is peace. Faith is the centrepiece that holds it all together. Faith is where there's no fear. Never understand, underestimate the power of your faith. See, no matter what you may be going through today, exercise that faith muscle. Trust God to do just as He has promised. Carrying the spirit of faith in your everyday life. Let's continue to look up, family. Jesus says, look up, look unto me, the author, the perfecter and the finisher and developer of your faith. Look unto me, Jesus saying, don't look at the storm. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look at where you've come from. Your history doesn't determine your future. 
You have been given the measure of faith. Use it, feed God's Word and exercise it. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.